hello. This is your girl, Sada Star, coming to you with another episode of A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman, the official podcast of the Easy Breezy Life Community. Before we jump into today's topic, I just want to remind you that everything we talk about on this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. We want to encourage you to reach out to your legal, financial, or medical professional for any support you need. Remember, the Easy Breezy Life is a group project, and we want you to have all the marvelous help you need. All right, so last week, I talked a little bit about getting to know yourself, understanding your values, and making sure that your relationships are in alignment with those values. A lesson that I have spent the last two years learning, living, and applying in my own personal life. And this week, I want to bring on, um, well, I decided to bring on a woman who I greatly admire for her heart and her passion for people and community. Suhai Johnson is my mentor, a big sister, and someone I consider a friend and just a lovely soul and human being. And I can't wait for you all to meet her. But before we jump into it, as you always know, we got to pay them bills. So we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Looking for a way to build a fashionable and trendy workwear wardrobe but can't seem to gather the coins? Then check out New York & Company's amazing subscription service, New York & Company Closet. Get access to hundreds of outfits that you can rotate on a monthly basis for an affordable monthly fee. Check out the link today in our episode notes to get access to your next fashionable wardrobe. Want to know how I save tons of money on a Caribbean vacation while earning cash back? It's easy. The answer is Rakuten. Sign up online today using the link in our episode notes so you can start saving and earning cash back on your favorite online stores. Welcome back. This is your girl, Sada Star, and joining me today is a very special guest, a very special mentor and someone I consider a big sister who has been in my life really, at this point, we're almost, I think we're almost going on 20 years, which is wild mm-hmm. <laughs> to yep. that I can even know anyone for 20 years of being an adult, but you know, that's a whole conversation for a whole different day. Mm-hmm. So joining me today is Suhai Johnson. And Suhai and I met when I was just a 17-year-old freshman coming on to a college campus um, from Jersey City, having a whole chip on my shoulder. And (laughs) we would have these building meetings, and there would be this woman always smiling. I'm like, life can't be this great. (laughs) We're just always smiling over the years. I had an opportunity to work with her in different capacities where, and she was actually my supervisor when I was in grad school and is one of the people who really pushed me to grow in ways that (laughs) I wasn't ready to at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that I always realized about Suhai is that she led with love. If she was correcting you, it was in love. If she was firing you, it was in love. You're getting a letter in your file, it's in love. You could not walk out of that meeting. You you didn't even know if you got checked or not because 
there were so many smiles and love in the meeting that, you know, you, you could not say that the person on the other side was not for you. And I have always felt like you have been for me. And I remember, um, the, I think the last time we saw each other, Emmanuel was still in the hospital in yeah. Philadelphia yeah. and it was a national conference mm-hmm. and I saw everyone and was fine. And then Suhai walked through the door and I just started crying. <laughs> and yeah. I think it was because <laughs> I knew that with you, I didn't have to put up airs. Mm-hmm. I knew that with you, I could put it all on the table. Mm-hmm. And I, and I really couldn't, I'm barely holding it together now, right? <laughs> oh, you don't have so, to. <laughs> so, Suhai, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, thank you. And thank you for that. And thank you for the last 20 years. Um, oh. I know how I can know you this long and love you this long. But um, <laughs> to introduce myself, um, I'm, I'm going to try to keep it brief, which I don't always do, y'all. Um, daughter, sister, friend, wife, student affairs professional, mom, career mom, stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Those are a few of the titles I've worn over the last four decades. Born in New York, raised in West New York, Woo-hoo. New Jersey, <laughs> and currently living in Mansfield, Texas. I'm a work in progress that continues to listen to my dad in my head whenever I have a big decision to make. As he says, fly, little bird, fly. This journey included growing up in West New York, going away to Rutgers for my BA, then staying there for my graduate work um, in education, and the beginning of my almost 20-year career in student affairs. Mm -hmm. I've done this amazing work all over the country and different kind, like in all kinds of different kinds of campuses. And what I know is this, that my why makes my how possible. My why has been, is, will always be love in everything that I do. Mm. So good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That was so, yes, deep. And so you. (laughs) So Mainsfield, Texas. Mm -hmm. I know you got two little ones and just knowing, seeing a little bit about about your daughter. I see she has a lot of sauce. Yeah, just a lot of it. (laughs) How is it leaving the East Coast to go all the way to Texas? Um, It has been, you know, this is the second time in my life that I have left my comfort zone um, because something was pulling me somewhere else. And um, when 10 years ago, actually, I left New Jersey to go to Louisville. I was by myself. I was single. And um, I went and my whole life changed because I grew up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I met my amazing partner in this life and life took a turn that I never could have anticipated. And I didn't know why I had to go to Louisville, but I knew. And most recently, you know, my husband and I had bought a house. We thought we were good. We're both in student affairs. We were at great institutions doing the work um, with two little ones. And, you know, we just knew in our hearts that it was time for something different. So um, we talk about the dance where it's like, whose turn is it? Because we're both in the field. Yeah. And it was his turn. It is. It's a dance. It's like, all right, it's your turn. And I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to trust. And I'm going to have faith that this is the step we're going to take together. This is the way we make it work. And it was his turn. Um, And when he got this opportunity in Texas, in Arlington, um, you know, we looked at each other. And, and I got to tell you, when we make decisions like that, my head usually says one thing, my heart says something else, and then yeah. my gut is usually the driving force. And I always say gut, people call it gut, it's my faith, right? It's like, yeah. it's, it's 
I don't know why it feels right. I know that I have to do the thing. Mm. So it has been um, like change. It's been hard and it's been exciting. Um, it's been hard to leave people in another place, but we don't leave people behind because I always keep people, right? People yes. that are important. You find ways. You make time for what's important. So we left people in another geographic space, um, but we've also gained people and community here. It's such a like, quick turnaround that amazes me Aww. every single day. Um, and we've already like started to build this, this corner in Mansfield, Texas of just of love and of Saturday night games where this house is filled with 15 to 20 people today. That's the you. Alabama games. Yeah, That's it is. You. <laughs> Making empanadas, right? Um, yes. So that. Um, and just filling it with like with with love, right? So you ask me how it's been, it's been hard and it's been exciting and it's been wonderful. Um, and the other day I had brunch with a young woman who moved from New Jersey for her husband's job, who had two kids, who is who's from West New York, who's Dominican. Like there's all these kind of and she reached out to me on Instagram, who lives an hour away. Right. So it's been hard and uh, we do it in the same way and I do it in the same way that I've done it everywhere I've lived. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned something that just flashed back to my flashed back to my memories where you were saying that you do these game nights. You've always been <laughs> such a welcoming hostess. Mm -hmm. And I remember us being graspable with the Fab Five uh -huh. and gathering uh -huh. every week for yes. top model. Top model nights. And I was just telling someone the other day um, how those gatherings, the people that I spent time with in that year was the game changer for me. Wow. That I know that if I was hanging out with another group of people during that time, my story, mm -hmm. my especially my professional story, would be completely yeah. different. <laughs> I would yeah. have never left New nope. Jersey to go take a job in upstate New York in my I wildest know. dream or nightmare. Because I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but being surrounded by that group where there was mm -hmm. like a pull, everyone wanted something better and what was next was so powerful. Yeah. Can you talk about the role community has had in your success or just yeah. like in being who you are? I, you know, I don't know what I do without my community. Right. Um, I, and I, I, I don't even realize I look for it everywhere I go and I build it everywhere I go. Right. It's mm -hmm. just, I, I can't survive without it. I can't imagine surviving without it. I don't know if I can, because I can't imagine it. And it's, it's just, you know, everywhere, whether I, to your point, I actually was just um, texting with a couple of them yesterday because um, national conferences in Texas um, this year. So it's all talking about, hey, are we going to get together? You know, like you said, whether it was top model nights uh, where we just brought food, love and just kind of an, like really when I think about what characterized that group and what characterized most quote unquote groups that I'm in, which basically are friends. And I take the word friend very, very seriously because to me, friends are family you choose. And I don't play with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the bottom line is that my friends have uplifted me every part of this journey, right? Um, and so when I think about community, I think about that is actually spaces that you choose to spend time in, right? There's some choose, there's some spaces you gotta spend time in community is where you choose to spend time in and I choose wisely and when I say that I mean I found that 
I, I, when I look around the spaces that I occupy, they usually consist of people that are like-minded um, and that want better for not only themselves, but for those around them. And that's a really beautiful thing. And it's not, I, I understand it's also a very um, rare thing. Um, mm-hmm. And somehow I find it wherever I go, right? Um, but it's, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's, I don't know, my, my, Milagros and Ramon, my parents, may God bless them. That's what they raised us around. Um, I can't remember not having people around um, that they were trying to help and they were trying to help us. So, you know, our, our parents taught us that, like, listen, if you if you do good, good comes back to you. Right. Mm. Um, and you don't do good to get good. Mm. But and also right getting good is a byproduct of doing good. So mm. you do good for those around you, right? And then what, what you find is that when times get tough, and even when times aren't, because when times get tough, good comes for you to help you. And when yeah. times are great, good is there to celebrate with you. Because that's mm-hmm. the other part. So, um, yeah, so I mean, community really is, I feel like it's just integral to who I am. I don't know how to not, like, I, I don't even look for it. It's just something that if I'm in a space, I, I have You're gonna to create it. My, yeah, I have to. I have to. <laughs> you I create it. You have to. Yeah. You create. I was looking at pictures the other day of your going away party from Jersey. And, mm. you know, the circle of people who are there who would never come together <laughs> if it wasn't for you, which is the common link. Uh-huh. And but that's just such a gift, right? And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with what you do for a living, being in mm. residence education. So talk mm-hmm. about how you take your personal value for community and infuse it in your work. Sure. Um, you know, I I have been blessed um, to get to do work that I love. Um, and I, I tell folks, it's like grown-up love, right? It's not fairy tale love. It's not like happily ever after. It's some days we want to break up and, and then we do the work and we get stronger and we go through it. Um, and with residence education and residence life, um, you know, I, I get to um, be a part of creating teams, right, that are going to understand the importance of remembering. I always tell, I always, listen, I, I'll tell you, um, at my last institution, anyone from a direct supervisee to an RA that just, you know, sees me twice a year at training will tell you, Sue has going to ask you what your why is. Because I tell folks all the time, know your why, because the how becomes possible when you know your why, right? Mm. Why are you doing what you do? If it is because of money, then work hard for money. Because some people are doing it for the money and for the room and board, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. We'll work hard for that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So... I say that because I get to create teams that work hard around a why. Now, every individual, right, the way the way I look at it is every individual has a why and the group as a team, we have to have a team why. So when times get tough or when we got to make some hard decisions, we look at does this fall in line with our why? Because if it does, we're going to work hard for it. If it doesn't, we're going to figure something else out. Right. Um, so I've, I've gotten to really bring I, I've, I feel like. I do a really good job of getting buy-in from my teams to, to, mm. to kind of rally around that, right? Um, so we don't always have to be the best of friends, right, around the table. Um, and also, we're doing the best of our work individually and as a group because it's about individuals coming together for something greater than any one of us could have done by ourselves. And I truly, truly, truly build around that um, and bring that to the work and hope that I get to, to role model that for folks that work with me, not only to do it in my space, but then move and do it in their own way, in their own spaces when they move on. Um, so, you know, that those are some of the ways I just bring 
who I am. I tell folks all the time, listen, all I'm trying to be is a better version of me than, than I was yesterday. I'm not competing with anyone else, and I don't want you to either. So I did, when you talk about you know what I bring to my work, I bring me because it's all I can bring. It's the only thing I'm an expert in, right? Um, okay. So... And I also encourage all of those around me to do the same. And by that, I mean not be me. Find out who they are and be them in this work so they can do it authentically, they can do it effectively, and they can become an expert in it. Wow. Yep. Mm -hmm. That is so important. That is so important. And I think what you're mentioning here about the group-wise and and Mm individual-wise, Being someone who has historically been very task oriented, I always uh-huh. miss the community. Right? You already, you already know that. I love <laughs> that about you. Though. Every team needs a. If you got a good ta- person who does tasks and checks it off, hold on to them. <laughs> yeah, you know. But at the mm-hmm. same time, as I go up further in my leadership roles, mm-hmm. I learned that it's not about the tasks. Mm. It's about the human beings. Mm-hmm. And there was a time that I just didn't even think that the, what, what human beings we gotta do the work. <laughs> <laughs> I think about those times. I'm like, oh my goodness. So when I see a young woman come in who's uh-huh. acting like me a little bit, circa uh-huh. 2006, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I know what I know what this is about. Yeah, you know, yeah. because I have learned that. I mean, there was once upon a time that I thought that the workplace was not a place for community. It was not a place to talk about feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. But I have learned that we spend too much of our time. Yes. At work, especially when you work in education, to not yeah. be in love with where you are working and what mm-hmm. you are doing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been it's it's a challenge for me. But I always try to think back, like, who did a really great job at creating this kind of community um, at really making me feel supported? And you kind of always rise to the top for me because mm, I don't think anyone can come in your presence and not feel that warmth, mm. which thank is you. interesting. Right. Because, I mean, how tall are you? Five foot ten. Yeah, you could be intimidating, right? <laughs> so, but somehow it doesn't come off that way. Uh huh. Uh huh. It does not come off that way, and I think yeah. that's just such a unique. It's a it's a gift. Mm, thank you. The gift of inclusiveness. The gift of making everyone feel included and welcomed. And I hope you know that. Thank you. Thank you. Some days I do. <laughs> I know. I know. Some days we don't feel that great about it. Uh-huh. It's that's the balance. Okay. That's what the community brings, right? They remind it's a mirror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wanna I wanna shift a little bit too. So we talked a little bit about your strengths. Mm-hmm. How do you as a leader cope when you because we all got blind sides? Absolutely. How do you cope with your blind side when you're working and leading a team or leading anything really? How do you approach that? Um, you know, again, when I talk about community, sometimes I, I interchange the word village, um, right? For um, I, I, I regroup, right? I'm okay um, recognizing that I don't know everything, right? Um, and that I don't have all the answers. And I'm very careful and selective about the spaces that I turn to so that I can either reflect and get some good advice, whether it's my own internal or other external, and put it together to figure out what to do to move next. Um, And also spaces where I feel like I can go feel what I feel, right? Because when you're blindsided or when things don't go the way you expect or, um, or just a number of things that can happen in the work that we do, um, I think that it's important to have spaces where you can go somewhere. The first thing I always encourage others and have to remind myself is feel what you feel. You're hurt. You're mad. You want to mm-hmm. scream. You want to throw. I'm real good 
if you go in any one of my offices and people laugh, I have a lot of stress balls, right? Mm -hmm. Because you could throw a stress ball and you won't necessarily hurt anyone. I don't usually throw them at people, but I'll throw them at the wall if someone comes in and they don't make a sound, but it's like the impact of how being able to release something that real quick, like, okay, I got it out of my system. Now let me regroup, right? Like Mm -hmm. I just look for little things and little ways to let myself, allow myself to feel what I feel. And then ask myself, okay, so what are we going to do? Like, I'm a big proponent of feelings. And for a long time, I kind of stood there and stood stuck in there. And I learned to move through it by getting to the point where it's like, all right, so what are we going to do? Like, We have to do a thing, right? Um, In order to at least start moving through solutions. Um, So I really, you know, for me, it's about having physical spaces and people in those spaces that I can trust enough to be vulnerable um, to ask myself questions, um, before I have the answers polished and ready to be presented or be put out there and then make decisions about how I'm going to move forward. Um, and that's been helpful. Right. Um, and, and sometimes that process takes longer than others, but that's what I do when I feel like, all right, I was blindsided. All right. I didn't see this coming. Oh my, okay. We, we took a turn that we probably shouldn't have taken, or Mm. I didn't expect this person to be the person that did that thing. Okay. Now what do we do? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that I think the blind side plays is hard. Yeah. I think and to be honest, it's something that I'm wrestling with right now. Like I mm. recently had some experience where I was completely blindsided. I'm like, yo, <laughs> look alive. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But how do you move on from a blindsided experience and not close up? Ooh, yeah. It's hard is the first thing I have to put out there. Um and I think that the, the what I always keep present is that I I will never let a person, a circumstance, a thing, something external change who I am, right? And so I know who I am. I know who I am as a person. I know who I am in this work. And if my response to something is going to in any way, shape, or form be a response that is not a response from that who I am or the, that that person who I am, or um, then I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not going to do it, and I'm going to need to figure something else out. And you know that you you know because there have been a lot of times where you and I could go like we could go a year or two without talking, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden text each other and say, "Hey, I I got something I got to just talk out loud." Mm-hmm. Because the other part, again, you know, when I talk about my village, my community. I've moved physically, geographically. I haven't lost that. Like, it's just about looking in. Like, this is the person who I connect with, who I know can talk to me about this right now. Right. Right. Um, and I, I, I just have to go back to that because those are the things that remind me who I am and who I want to continue to be. So I think, honestly, you know what gets me through it is not a pride. A lot of pride in who I am ah. and refusing to let something or someone else change that or impact that because you're not going to get that. Wow. That's good. That doesn't like, sound lovey-dovey, but it's power. real. Yeah, don't yep. give people yep. power over who you are. Yep. My mom says the same thing. She goes, you can't allow the world to change the Mm-mm. core of you. Mm-mm. You remember, um, how, you know, I've always been a huge 1990s NBA basketball fan. Yeah. Um, and actually, I've always, so I saw an interview with Tim Duncan, who was a wonderful um, 
uh, Hall of Famer for the San Antonio Spurs, who wasn't even my team. But I always used to get so bothered because he would like dunk on people. He would have the like baddest play. And he would just like walk off like nothing and not even scream or have an, like an exciting response for me, the fan. He was interviewed once and they asked him about that. And he said, when I'm on the, I'm on the court, it's my game. If I do that, if I give into that, I let my opponent get in my head and I won't let them do that. That's not who I am. And that's not my player. But when I tell you I saw that interview and in my head, I, I, like, I, I understand that when you ask me this question, that's how I move through. Spaces mm. um, because they're not gonna get in my head. This is my game, and I'm not gonna let them change me. So I'm gonna figure out what I need to do. And sometimes what I need to do is change the scenery and leave that position. And I will take my time and do that. And sometimes what I need to do is change the space where I'm doing that work, that committee, yeah. or this or that. You know. And sometimes Ooh. what I need to do is move back, whatever. Like, but what I need to know, I need to take a look. And what I know in my heart is they don't get that. They don't get to get in my head because it's my game. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. I love that. It's like, don't give up your power. No, never. Mm-hmm. 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 So we're going to take it a little more deeper because mm-hmm. I know that part of your journey too has been dealing with incredible loss. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that era in 2009, which mm-hmm. was a big move for all of us, really big move for you was losing your dad. Yeah. What role did your father play in your life and what did losing him mean for you oh wow um my dad um papi was he you know he it's funny it, I, I can't even put into words right me who always has the words he he just he saw me he knew me um he grew me in a way that made sense for me um, and he, you know, right now, a lot of folks around me will tell you Sue has famous for one-liners, which is hilarious because a lot of them are, are recycled from him and translated into English, right? Because mm-hmm. he was the king of one-liners um, that stung in the moment and were so true, and I only see the truth of it more and more every day. Um, you know, I, I, I always tell a story um, just that kind of illustrates who he was, who he is, and who he'll always be for me, and it was right before... Um, I left to Rutgers in 1996 and I was in my parents' living room where I grew up and I was getting ready, you know, to go to New Brunswick and my father gave me the talk, the one that included reminders of how my mom (laughs) and he, yeah, not, not that one, but the talk that included reminders of how my mom and he poured into me with advice and life lessons and lectures and all that other fun stuff that spoke to what I would need to do when it was my time to fly, he said. And he said, now it was my time to take on a new adventure, a new challenge, and it was on me to employ those lessons and fly on my own. He looked at me and he said, fly, little bird, fly. So I did. Um, and I've been using that advice, Isada, for every big step, every big decision, every big leap I've made since. Every time I have a hard decision to make, I think in my head, all right, you can do this. I hear him, I literally hear him say, fly, little bird, fly, in Spanish, Mm. of course, Um, and I do, 
Um, and I do because I know I'm Ramon's daughter. And because you talk about love, I grew up in love, right? Um, and I, like I said, love that saw me, knew me, like with all my weird little quirks and all my, I wasn't like anybody else. And still, he grew, I would bring home a 98 and this man would look at me with love and say, where are the other two points? If you could do great, why would you settle for <laughs> good? Rough. Loving rough, me. Yeah. And you talk about how I could like check somebody and read somebody, but do it with a smile. That's where I learned it. He was the original. Um, wow. So, yeah. So he, you know, my father was my teacher. He was my cheerleader. He was my, you know, he was my friend. He was my dad. He was my, um, you know, my disciplinarian. Um, and when he left me, um, I think I learned even more about myself than ever because I never, never wanted to know a world that didn't have him and didn't think I could make it. Um, and not only did I make it, but I, you know, I've been flying for 10 that years. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think your story of loss is not without restoration and finding oh, your yes. love. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, literally. And that's beautiful, right? That's like, mm -hmm. there's this book that I read called When God Winks at You. And it's mm -hmm. like, I see you. I know it's hard. <laughs> Keep going. Do you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, life is, is, you know, you and I were talking um, a few weeks ago and I had to, you asked me a question about like, when was a transformational moment? And I came back and said, it was June 14th, 2010. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it was like a date. The reason I say that date is because June 14th, 2010 um, was exactly a year. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. What do you want? I want your Okay, I'm sorry. That was you woke classic. Up and you know, that was classic. <laughs> you know what just happened. Mm -hmm. This is real life. <laughs> it really is. This is this my four-year-old Micah, y'all. All right, I'm going to put your Netflix on. Um, okay, so um, mm -hmm. the reason June 14th, I'm going to put your Netflix, my Netflix on, but you have to stop crying, buddy, okay? Thank you. Um, but um, it was a year to the date of my father passing, and it also happened to be the first time I heard my little girl's heart um, because we had just found out that we were expecting. And I say that because that year, when you talk about, you know, getting restored and when you talk about love and what love has done, that year... I met my husband who has been integral, right, in helping me continue to fly. Um, and we started this family um, that really is like my why. I can make it really pretty. I could, I could package it up. I could put a bow on it for you. The bottom line is that my why is my family, right? Um, they are why I do. They make every how possible because I do it for them. So that being said, like I lost my dad. And I gained a love that I never knew, um, a love that has helped me grow, a love that has um, pushed me, a love that has been a mirror for me, um, and a love that, you know, I continue every day to build upon with this amazing man that I get to do life with and our two little kids and dog. Oh, that is awesome. I think your son interrupting the podcast is representative <laughs> of, of real life and being a mom. Uh -huh. Like it is, I can't tell you how impossible it is to record a podcast episode without uh -huh. interruption. It's like, <laughs> Thank you. Thank it you. can only happen in your car. That's uh -huh. it. 
Uh-huh. Because, and then there's no Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh-huh. It's just like, wow. You know, so I appreciate yeah. that because, you know, the name of this podcast is A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman. And this uh-huh. is the life. You're trying <laughs> yes, to do an is. interview and a child is like, I need TV. I need yes. food. And Saturday night cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons. Come on, mom. <laughs> but I don't think it's unusual. I think no. like it's the same thing as just being a woman in leadership. You come yeah. into the office and everybody's pulling from you. Yeah. You, if you're lucky, you get to eat that day. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you come home and everybody's pulling at you. Yep. And you're yep. like, the only place I get to hear myself think is the gym. Mm-hmm. And it has mm-hmm. become so sacred. Like, I had a friend ask me if I wanted a gym buddy. I'm like, no. No gym buddy. <laughs> I'm like, if you come it's to the gym, time. don't talk to me. You need to be at the machine across the way. Absolutely. Uh-huh. If you start yapping, it's the last time. Uh-huh. No because more. Because how do you create room for yourself? All these Ugh. beautiful blessings, beautiful miracles. Mm-hmm. And still I- can be overwhelmed by her blessings. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, listen, I, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I tell folks, I gave up this notion of this perfect cookie cutter work-life balance, right? I look for work-life satisfaction um, because the reality is my work is a part of my life and my life is a part of my work and it gets messy and it gets done, right? So I think you hit the nail right on the head. Like it is all of it. All of it is they're blessings. They're amazing. They're beautiful and they're hard and they're overwhelming. And sometimes you got to like, just find a little corner so you can breathe. Cause you can't go anywhere without someone needing something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that also is representative of work. I think that one of the things I have, um, I've gotten better at and I really encouraged those around me, those that I get to work with to do is to just carve out space for yourself. You talk about, you know, sometimes you don't get time to eat. Mm-mm. I'm adamant. I block it out on my calendar. I let everybody know you cannot schedule anything during that time. And I leave my desk, even if it's a peanut butter and jelly that I brought from home. I go in a corner where I don't talk to anyone. I might listen to a podcast. I might watch, watch an episode of So You Think You Can Dance because I just need Brain Twinkie. Um, but brain I Twinkie, yes. Yep, Mindless. Yep. I need it. Yep. I need it. No disrespect to so you think you can dance, but I don't got to think when I watch that, right? Yeah. Um, and I carve that out for myself, Isada, because if I'm not well, it doesn't work. So I, I, what, what I've learned as I get older and as I do this work more and do it from different positions um, is that I don't have to do all the things all the time. I got to empower other people to do the things because... One, it helps for them to have it. But two, I can't do all the things. No. And I have to carve out time for me to be me, for it to be just about me, whether it's the gym, whether it's, you know, me and my Kindle and my little corner, my sectional, once this house goes down, whatever it is, I need to find and make time for me because you make, th- you make time for what's important and you have to be important to yourself. That's so important. I think like, that makes me think about my decision to get a gym membership again, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll just say, I'm like, oh, the gym is free at work. It's a uh-huh. world-class gym. It's going to be great. But it was so inconvenient. And yeah. for months, I wrestled <laughs> like, oh, this gym membership is going to cost money. And then one day, I'm like, girl, of all the places to go cheap, you ain't, you ain't it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You it. Get mm-hmm. your nails Preach. done. Get your toes done. Uh-huh. You need that massage because you're doing 60, 80-hour weeks. Yep. And go to the gym. 
pay yes. for your membership, pay for your yes. vitamins, drink your water, moisturize mm-hmm. your situation. Yep. Because I realized that <laughs> if daddy has a cold, we're still running. If yep. I have a cold, the whole world feels the hiccup. Yes. The, my son feels the hiccup. Uh-huh. His team feels the hiccup. The schedule uh-huh. feels the hiccup. My job feels the hiccup. I'm like, I can't hiccup. Like, uh-huh. So my wellness has become a priority. I'm like, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for the people who love you. Seriously. Seriously. Absolutely. Because sometimes it is about that. Like, I'm like, oh, should I do this? Like you said, find out what it is for you, right? Working out. I love me a good bath bomb on a Friday night, right? Um, again, with my Kindle, because it's my way of saying I took the, it's not like, oh, I'm going to reward myself for the week. I do work every week. It is my time to say, I, this time is for me because I am important to all of this. Even if I can't stay, and I should be able to say I am important to me, I, like you said, I need to be able to be like, yo, if I'm not okay, they're not going to be okay. So I'm going to do it for them. Whatever you need, you got to put yourself first. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So important. Mm-hmm. So important. Okay. So here's what I want to know because I think I know the answer here. <laughs> Working full time or being a mm-hmm. stay at home mom, which is harder? Ooh. <laughs> oh God! Um, today, if you ask me this ten years from now, I might answer differently. <laughs> today, today, my answer is staying at home. Right. Um, th- the work doesn't stop. Nope. Like you don't clock out. You don't get a change of scenery. Um, and and I gotta tell you, you know what's hard for me actually. I really, and this is why it's amazing and wonderful that I have a village that I can speak this out to so I can process and not just hold on to it. Um, I, I, I have to every, I've been a career woman and a career mom for the, like a career woman for the last, you know, almost 20 years, right? Yeah. A career mom for almost 10 of those, right? Like it's going to be nine. That's a lot. It's going to be nine in January. (laughs) But that's um, awesome. And there's this moment of stay at home. Like, who am I? There's some identity stuff that I really had to, on top of all the work, the literal work, right, um, of making all of this work um, as we transition to a new place and get everybody together um, and keep the house going and, you know, just keep it going. It's also this space of, like, who am I right now? Like, I'm not going to work. I'm not bringing in an income. I'm not, like... Those are all things that I've had to talk through. Like, what does that mean? And none of that makes me any less me, right? Um, so I've looked for ways to kind of, like I would anyway, to dive in. So I'm like a classroom mom for my son's daycare and, you know, making sure I have my daughter involved in all these things and they all go to all the activities. Um, and also I've had to kind of sit in and I've had to make some emergency phone calls to my village and my people to be like, this is how I'm feeling right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, and also to use this time to really be intentional and think about how I want to move next, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, part of it is if, if not, not for nothing, but if I wanted to do a job, I could get a job. But mm-hmm. I don't look, that thanks to my amazing husband, I don't look to my work as just work. I look mm-hmm. at it, he told me once as, as a calling, right? Um, is. This is what I'm called to do. And if that's what I'm going to do, I'm not applying for just any old job. I'm mm-hmm. applying for something that I can really, you know, dig in and be believe in, in and feel like I can mm-hmm. make an impact and believe in. And that's not any job, right? Um, so all of that to say, it's been right now, it feels harder to be at home. And, and again, like 
props to the moms that go and work and make it all work at home and props to the mom that stay at home because that's work that's not always validated or um seen as work and it's work that never stops no nope. right you don't get a change of scenery you don't get adults to talk to outside of your partner unless you intentionally do that right mm -hmm. you don't get creative space to just wear other hats that you wear well you know so um you have to still find ways to sharpen those parts of your toolkit right without and 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 not lose all of that um, in the midst of doing the very important work of making a home successful and healthy and all the things that I do at work, make it inclusive, make it a space where people can grow. I'm doing it for, you know, the, the four humans and the dog that reside in 710 Boone Trail. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is, that is so powerful. I think to coming home, let me tell you, being a uh, working mom gives you an excuse for the home life to not be together. Because at mm -hmm. least you can point and be like, I'm working. Yep. Because it doesn't. <laughs> you pick something up, somebody goes and pick it back. Just this morning, I'm like, didn't I clean this living room? It is nonstop. I'm mm -hmm. like, the level of consistency you need to be a stay-at-home mom, Oof. it is like, you got to be a titan. <laughs> and it makes me appreciate my mom who gave mm. up her career to be a stay-at-home mom Absolutely. to raise eight children and then Oof. some and always somebody else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like so much. I said, I don't know how this woman did this consistently for that many mm -hmm. years, yo. Like mm -hmm. we never missed a meal. I never missed my vitamins. We never missed no doctor's appointment in that yeah. brain. So when my mom says, yo, I'm tired, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it mm -hmm. now. I didn't get mm -hmm. it before becoming a mom. Yep. But I only have one mom and girl, it's a struggle. Like I'm just getting my life together. <laughs> I hear you. I'm just like, okay, so you can't be a hot mess. You got to get your life. And mm -hmm. so, yes, I, I, I think I'm not saying that being a working mom is not challenging. I think mm -hmm. being a stay at home mom when the work is invisible and people just assume like time yes. is at your disposal, but it's really yes. not. Yep. Um, it's tough. It's, yes. a, it, it's like being an RA. It's like being in residence life. Ever. <laughs> yep. 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 I remember yep. being home from maternity leave and then being like, nope, it's eight weeks. I'm going back to work. And my husband's like, yeah, I think you need to go back to. <laughs> you're not about this life. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. I need to leave this place and come yep. back. And I'm happier. Yep. So I definitely, definitely tip my house out to you for one making a move across the country mm. being able to, to put someone you love before yourself mm -hmm. right that's really selfless mm -hmm. and then right now it sounds like you are like in a real like you're, it's, a, it's a lot of sacrifice mm. right it might seem like from the outside looking in like oh maybe she's just home relaxing hardly hardly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's getting to all the things you never could when you were working yes. full-time but I think what's also magical about it is that your kids being in such formative years, mm -hmm. as someone who had a stay-at-home mom, mm -hmm. they're going to be so much more better for this. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to say, like, I, it's, it's interesting because I, I thank the good Lord for this partner that he put in my life who gets me, compliments me. I've always said I wasn't looking for a man that completed me because I was complete. Mm -hmm. I was looking for a man that complimented me. And this man, because he works hard. To, to make sure that I can do that. You know what I'm saying? Like all, both of us are still a team that are doing the work. The work looks a little different for me and he is patient. He is kind. He also lights a fire 
under me when I need it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he also helps me cause he is in the field and he's a brilliant colleague. Like yes. I feel like I don't lose I, like, you know, the skills because he'll come home with a problem and we problem solve together. Or we think about how do we look at that? Right. Um, cause he respects me as a colleague and as a partner in the work that we do and also in the work that we do as the Johnson team. Right. So I, you know, I also have to put out that I'm really blessed because when I talk about, you know, when I have those moments, I'm reaching out to my village. And when I talk about like what we're creating, it's because I have his support. Um, it's because, you know, again, we're blessed. He has this amazing opportunity. And, and when I, when we put all that together to make the decision, all of a sudden the decision made itself clear and transparent to us and it made it, you know, it makes it easier. It makes the transition easier. Um, and because again, we, we know our why. So the how becomes possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is what's next? What's next for Suhai? <laughs> you know, one of my biggest um, quirks in life is that I want to do all the things. I know. Uh, I do. I want to do them all. I want to have a cupcake shop. I want to um, have the time. This is the time. I know. I know. I know. I know. I want to, you know, I wanna, I, I've been playing with the idea of uh, of a podcast i'm mm-hmm. thinking like is that the venue um you know i, I honestly i told my daughters i said out loud i want to write a children's book um so those Aww. are all things that i kind of have in like my dream folder that every day i kind of like pour into a little bit and i also am looking at some job opportunities so hopefully one of those come through and don't stop all these other things because it's the thing i think this time has really helped me um, and the amazing people I have in my life have encouraged me to feed those dreams that I've always been like, well, later, when, when I retire, yes. well, in another life. And right now I'm like, no, it's possible. Um, so I think right now is a time of um, kind of thinking about what's realistic right now um, and and working on some of those projects that I've always felt like dream projects. And I've moved them from dream because dream makes it feel like it's not reachable, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like a unicorn and making it more of, and even like more into like my passion work because passion and work, like when I put it together, it's still something that's doable and possible and doable and possible right now. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm working on some of those to kind of figure out which one I'm going to focus on because focus is a thing, right? Um, as I still kind of look to see, you know, what, what I want to do in my nine to five per se um, and look for opportunities that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. But I think cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'll be eating your food. Right? I'll be eating your food. Those things are going to sound like hotcakes. Cupcakes. Uh, and please good. ship them. Please ship <laughs> yeah, them. <laughs> right? Right? Right to Jersey. Right to you. <laughs> yep. Oh, this is so, this has been so wonderful. Thank you for taking the time to be vulnerable, to be open, to Mm -hmm. share with me and our Apple Woman community, which you are part of that community for me. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. I always tell people who look at me and say, oh, you're so strong. I said, no, no, no. You don't even know who I'm surrounded by. Mm. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. mad regular. (laughs) (laughs) These women who are behind me, you have no idea. You have no idea the gifts and talents that they bring to the table. And can you tell our listeners how to find you? How do they get in contact with you? 
Yeah, I'm 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 Suhai Johnson all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Um, just you know, just as there's only one, probably you find Johnsons out there, but Suhai is a little unique. So um, yeah, Suhai S U H A I L Johnson um, on all those different, like looking out for what comes next. All right, all right. Thank you. I appreciate you. And you know, I love you. (laughs) I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. It has been amazing to spend my morning talking to you. Uh, And honestly, you say you're mad regular. I need you to understand that we serve as mirrors because you have always been phenomenal. And you just continue to grow in ways that are beautifully and magically you. And I'm so proud of you. And I look forward to not only, I'm not like, behind you I'm by your side cheering you on all the time I love you so much yay thank you (laughs) all right ladies that concludes our episode for this week you know I like to say go out there kick butt come back next week and we're gonna do it again